You're listening to AW360, a podcast from Advertising Week. Recorded in studio and live at Advertising Week's global events, AW360 features thought leadership conversations with the best and the brightest in the advertising, marketing, and technologies industries each and every week. If you enjoy AW360, we'd appreciate it if you took the time to subscribe on your podcast platform of choice and maybe even leave a positive review. Thanks for listening. Chris, welcome to the AW360 Podcast. I'm so pleased to have you on today. Thanks for having me. So you're partner and chief creative officer at Chemistry. Tell me about Chemistry. Chemistry is an independent full-service agency. Uh, we're headquartered in Atlanta, have offices in Pittsburgh, New York, Miami. Um, it's sort of a, a combination of a few agencies that came together, independent agencies, through merger. Uh, so my partner, my previous part, well, he's still my partner, and I had another agency called Breen Smith. We then merged with Chemistry about six years ago. Excellent. Well, we're going to talk about one of my most favorite subjects today. Awesome. Yes. And we're going to do it by way of saying we're here at Advertising Week New York in October 2023. And you guys had a panel. We did. And it's called How Brands Can Tap Into America's Love of Soccer. And if this were five years ago, I would say, what love of soccer? Yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> Tell me a little bit about the panel. Yeah, I mean, it was it was a joy to be on it with uh, the MLS and Adidas, and you know, I think for me as a fan first, um, I didn't know much about soccer until about seven years ago. Uh, we were brought on to help uh, launch Atlanta United, who's had a lot of success, um, and so it's been usually a lot of the the projects I work on. I, I have a pretty deep, like I'm a basketball guy. This is my background. I grew up playing basketball. So if you ask me anything about the Knicks from 1972, I could tell you something about the Knicks from 1972. But I had to learn soccer, and I think that maybe gave me a, a weird competitive advantage because you, you're, you're not bringing any, any baggage to the, to the table, so you're a little agnostic. So, you know, it's been a fun journey to watch. You know, when we started with Atlanta United, there was no stadium, no uniform, or they call it a kit, uh, no players, no manager. Um, and so to start there and to be where we are now is pretty badass. So in that journey, actually, let me take a step back. If you have a team in MLS, who is it? Well, it's got to be Atlanta United. I have a special place in my heart for Atlanta United because um, Pineda, yes. coach, yep. former Seattle Sounder, Seattle Sounder, my team. Yep. And my brother is a diehard from OG Portland uh, Timbers guy in the Timber Army. So, I, yes, I was the guy who very quickly... We, we discovered a rivalry, and it was it was a lot of fun when we won the MLS Cup and against a, a Portland. I, I took that that evening was a fun night, and I felt a little a little uh, selfish um, ha having him there with me, and he had been a Timbers diehard for you know forever. I mean, season ticket holder forever, and I'm I'm in, new to this, and there for for two years, and all of a sudden we're popping bottles and hoisting trophies, and I. Was, felt bad, but growing up a Miami Dolphins fan in, in American football, I, I knew the feeling. Well, I'll tell you, I actually live in Portland. I'm from Seattle originally. Okay. I live in Portland, and um, I enjoyed yes. your success as well. Well, thank you, thank you. Yes. <laughs> I know you guys have a pretty intense rivalry. We do, we do. They have a, uh, a motto of any team, no, it's any club except Seattle, Aces. Yeah. And, uh, you know, right back at them as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, absolutely. Um, 
But yeah, let, let, let's go back seven years. The atmosphere was significantly different. Yes. Um, I mean, you could go back a year and the atmosphere was significantly different. Obviously, you know, Messi entering MLS, the Apple TV deal, which I personally love because of just the accessibility of it. Yep. Um, I'm the kind of guy that actually does watch six, seven matches a week. Yep. Um, but yeah, what have you seen? How has this evolved? Well, you could, I think, uh, as a, a parent of an athlete, um, what I first realized is how much infrastructure there is now. So my daughter plays volleyball, totally different sport. But, um, you know, the, the MLS and, and just the soccer organizations in America have done an amazing job with the youth uh, leagues and, and the development at that level. So I think there's that foundation there. And then, um, you know, the MLS is now expanding into new markets and, and um, you know, they're doing a, a great job of tapping into each local market and I think that's probably, if I had to define one thing, and I think it's inherent to soccer culture in general, like if you think about soccer in Europe or soccer in South America, um, you know, again, I grew up in Miami, grew up a uh, sports junkie, but the, the bond between soccer teams and their fans seems to be a little more, I don't know, the only way I know how to describe it is intimate. Like there is a, there's a new number 10 that's going to come in every couple years, and they're going to be, you know, the star, which I don't think is how a lot of the other sports kind of work. I know there's a lot of free agency and that sort of stuff, but yeah. just the transactional, the, the nature with players being so transactional in soccer, you have to be a, a team fan first. Doesn't mean you don't, like Messi's obviously in Miami now, um, you know, you have great players up and down the league, but I think you have to be bought into the players are going to change, the faces are going to change, but this is my team wholeheartedly and then I get to learn and discover these players and some of them go on to Premier League and some of them, you know, go on to other teams, whether it's MLS or elsewhere. So to me, that's been a real fun, uh, I don't know, I guess discovery and, and the culture of soccer just being grounded in, in the local uh, localness of, of each market. Like I would, if you would ask me five years ago, hey, we're going to put a new club in Cincinnati and that's going to kill it and be awesome. Like pro soccer in Cincinnati and no shade towards Cincinnati. I just wouldn't think that would that would be a place, but it is, they're thriving. Um, and I think it's because they've, they've done all the infrastructure work on the local level. And then um, by the time the team gets there, you know, they know their market real well. Um, they, they tend to build the stadiums in cities and urban areas that are not out in the burbs. Um, and that's their demographics, very multicultural. So, and, and young, it's the youngest uh, major league sport uh, in terms of fan base, which I think ties back to what you were talking about with the, um, with the Apple TV deal. Like that's a deal geared towards their fan base and in terms of age and, and the mobility of it all. Like you can, I can be in wherever and watch Atlanta United and never have to think twice about CBS or love CBS, nothing wrong with CBS, but, but oh yeah, but yeah, you know, the local networks and you know what are they running or you know does my streaming package have Fox Sports too? You know which exactly is, you know nothing yeah. against Fox Sports, but you know definitely something against some of the streaming partners who have dropped them over the years. You know that's it's hard as a fan to you know really get some of this stuff, and the Apple TV deal has absolutely made it simple. Yeah, and and you could see that. That's what I mean. At the, as a like I said, I think of myself. I try to always think of myself as a fan first, not an agency creative. But you can see the growth, and then now with Messi, obviously that's a a big moment, which is obviously happened right 
in line with the Apple TV deal. And then you've got the uh, World Cup coming in a year and a half. So I think it's all just building and building. Uh, you know, I, for me, the one of the things I'm most curious about is I do feel like at some point here, whether it happens a year from now or five years from now, what's that one moment or that one player? Um, again, Messi's amazing. I don't think Messi's that player, if I'm being honest. I think Messi's laying the foundation for whether it's a homegrown player or, or you know, what's that? And I hate comparing MLS to any other league, but what's that Super Bowl moment? Yeah. What's that I remember when moment? I think that's the next thing. Yeah, I've been given that a lot of thought myself, actually, since Messi came in. That, you know, I really do think that for, you know, it to hit that point, it almost has to be one of those homegrown American players, you know, that does yeah. something either at this level or at a World Cup level that just, it doesn't have to be, you know, America's World Cup win. I'm old enough where I'm honestly expecting to see that in my lifetime. It can happen, man. It can happen. <laughs> it can happen. I, I mean, I'm going to continue to watch until it does and, um, you know, hope for the best. But I really do think that's one of those things. But, I mean, in the meantime, just all the work they're doing, MLS is doing, just has absolutely blown me away. I mean, you know, I, I watched a lot of soccer as a kid. My grandfather was a huge fan of the sport, also of the Sounders, oddly enough. It's, I'm that old. <laughs> um, but... You know, and then I stopped paying attention for a while, but the MLS, the entry into MLS with both those teams, you know, in two separate years was eye-opening for me. For my next question, I'm, I'm curious about the, the cultural part of that. Mm -hmm. You know, soccer feels, and I believe is, so much more inclusive because mm -hmm. of its, I think to start because of its global nature, but yeah. it, that seems like it would really play to, you know, the foundation of this country. Absolutely, and that's, that's the, for me, again, the, the, I feel blessed that I got to step in. I feel like I was using my, my brother as an example. I feel like I, I walked into this all-star moment in the two minutes left in the, in the match. Like, it's like yeah. the, the stage has been set, you know? So I think, you know, from a, from a culture perspective, it's the media coverage and all the things, they're building, they're building, they're building. And it's going to hit that point. No, nobody really knows when that point's going to be. I mean, I remember, again, I said I grew up a, a basketball guy. You know, I remember the exact moment when I was watching my little nine-inch, might have been color TV with, you know, <laughs> back then there were three or four, you know, uh, cable channels. And one was TBS, and it was Michael Jordan playing the Cleveland Cavaliers. It was the Craig Elo shot. I could tell you who was, it was uh, uh, Tom Petty, You Won't Back Down, was the, the intro. And I was, I forget however old, but I was 12, 10, 9, whatever. And I remember going like, oh, yeah, I'm watching. This is what I want. Yeah. And I think that moment's going to come for millions of kids uh, in America. Some have already, already has, obviously. But I think that sort of mass pop culture, this is the thing to do. This is the, you know, Jordan turn, you know, obviously Magic and Bird were there. And then Jordan came in and was just sort of the, the gasoline to, the, to yeah. the fire. And, I, you know, I'm excited to see when and how that comes about. What do you think on the brand side? How can brands really take advantage of how much these fans love their teams on a local level and, you know, broader? Absolutely. Absolutely. I, and it, I guess it, at first it depends on the size of the brand and what they're trying to do. I will say I think the... The, that intimacy that I was talking about between the bond between the, the fans and their local market um, is, in my opinion, very different than the NBA or the NFL. And so I think 
like you can get in right now and and help players sort of develop their own brand and and platform um, as as a brand. So I think that's super important. Um, so there's a deeper connection. Again, that player may not be there as long as a player might be in football, but the fans like that's part of the deal, right? Like they know there's going to be somebody else who's going to be a 16-year-old, a homegrown kid, or whoever it is, and they're going to adopt that next player that comes in. And so there's ways to connect, I think, that are, are a lot um, – feel a lot more uh, – I'm trying to find the right word for it – but approachable, yeah. even though it's still scale. Like you're still getting a league with millions of fans and world-class soccer. Um, but, you know, sometimes – and I think – you know, again, this isn't a knock on the other leagues. They've just, they're maybe a victim of their own success at times. Um, but I, I can't imagine, you know, a, a regional uh, healthcare network is calling up LeBron James, asking him to, yeah. to do stuff. So I do think there's a, there's a, there's a grassrootsness that is built into soccer, regardless of MLS or anywhere else. I mean, obviously, when you're talking about the ultra, ultra elite you know players like Messi and Ronaldo and those folks again I'm sure the access to that gets tighter but I still think even the 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 dynamics between fans and players is still a lot uh it's a lot straighter line and and a lot less obstacles in the way into connecting yeah it really does feel like when you're a fan of an MLS team regardless of where you are and I've you know I've traveled to matches I've gone to a couple here in New York um which is still not ideal playing at Yankee Stadium. Yeah, I don't, that's one thing I don't get in soccer. How the fields can be different <laughs> sizes, but yeah, Appar- apparently that's all. baseball and hockey too. From what I, I didn't understand. know that. Well, I guess yeah. Well, obviously the outfield. Yeah, I didn't yeah. think about that. But um, and you know, to me, it's but you know, it's such a different type of sport. You know, like yeah, watching soccer on a baseball field is just so it's bizarre, tough. so bizarre. But yeah, I mean, like I, I got on my plane to come here to New York and flew Alaska Airlines. And, of course, you know, I had to groan a little bit when they said, you know, and now we're boarding all people wearing Timbers, Timbers. kits. And I yeah. thought, you know, I mean, it's, uh, what do I get? You know, I get like, I think it was last year, you get like 5% off Zulily. I'm like, uh, <laughs> I don't Zulily as much as I Alaskan Airlines, but whatever, I'll take it. Um, but, yeah, the, the, culturally, the bond is, is definitely there. And I think, you know, with World Cup coming up, and I don't know how much, I don't want to call it insight, but how much opinion you have about sure, this. Absolutely. How much you've been thinking about it. What does that do, not only for the sport, but for the United States in general? You know, it's a big, big, big absolutely. deal. Absolutely. I think it's going to be amazing. I think, again, like I hope that's the tipping point, boiling point. I think we're already like at, I don't know, I think boiling's 104. I think we're mm-hmm. at 102. Yeah. But um, I, I, I think, again, you're going to have the kids in school who are making up teams now, it's not going to be, I just want to be LeBron or, and shoot, you see LeBron wearing soccer player jersey. So it's, I think it's just going to become part of mainstream culture. And again, it's like this vicious cycle. The more the media talks about it, the more access to yeah. games. And, and, you know, again, it's, it's the, the one sport. And I think basketball did a really nice job. Um, we've seen how basketball has gone to Europe and to other places. And, so I think we're sort of seeing a, a hybrid of that coming to America now. And I think where I give kudos to the MLS is the MLS isn't trying to be the NFL. The MLS isn't trying to be Premier League. The MLS is trying to be North American 
soccer, yeah. which is its own flavor of soccer and takes pieces from each, which is, I don't know, you, I don't think you get more American than that. Yeah, especially, you know, playoffs. Just the whole idea of playoffs, I think, is just boggles the minds of a lot of Premier League fans. Yeah. But, you know, that's about, playoffs are yeah. American, Ameri man. I mean. Yeah, <laughs> Americans have a hard enough time with a tie, let yeah. alone. Oh, I know. Well, yeah, I know. Yeah. Um, last question, and this is kind of, a, you know, a prediction thing. Who takes MLS Cup this year? I don't know why. It's just a sneaking suspicion. I don't know why. I think Philly. Yeah? It's just like they've been close a lot. Yeah. And sooner or later, like, you don't always – sometimes you can have, you know, your best team and your best performance and somebody's just a little better or it's their day. And I just feel like, obviously, Cincinnati's, you know, killing it in the, in the rankings. Um, obviously, if uh, – Messi and, and Miami had made the playoffs. Yeah. I think all bets would have been off at yeah. that point. But Philly for me, and I'm, that hurts me to say as, a, as an Atlanta United uh, fan. Uh, so, but I think Philly's got a good shot. I would actually like to see that. They've, they've had so many almost moments yeah. just over the past couple years that, yeah, I, I would love to see that. For my part, I'm, if it's not to be my Sounders, then oddly enough, I'm rooting for the Vancouver Whitecaps. Wow. Yeah. Okay. I, I, I know it's supposed to be a bitter rivalry, but I always like to look at it like I'm a Pacific Northwesterner. Yeah. And they're the team that hasn't made it yet. Yeah. <laughs> you know, the, why not? And there's not that, um, I'm imagining there's not that, uh, obviously there's tension, or you know, between oh, Sounders. Okay. And, oh, yeah. and it's funny when we, you know, one of the first jobs when we started working with Atlanta United year one was, and honestly, Portland and Seattle was a bit of the blueprint. Like, we need to start creating some rivalries. And so we did some fun, fun jobs. Uh, we put up a billboard uh, outside of um, Orlando United's uh, 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 stadium that said, we're coming to conquer. And it was literally right outside of the – that fans tore it down 24 hours later. But <laughs> we got on ESPN, and, and we didn't have to pay for the billboard because it got torn down. So – Again, I, that's, I guess, pulling it back to the rivalries are super important. Yeah, they are. They are. That, that's amazing. I, I think I remember that happening and them covering it or mentioning it on, yeah. during a match or something. It's, but, yeah, that's, that right there is symbolic of how seriously people take this stuff. Yeah. You it, know, it's so good. It's so good. You know, there's, it, it's amazing to me, you know, at Portland uh, and Seattle matches, you know, just – the things people are screaming at each other. Yeah. And then they all go and have a beer together afterwards no matter what. <laughs> it's civilized soccer. Oh, yeah. It's, it's so good. Yeah, no, it was crazy. The year after, um, they put in a rule that you can't advertise in another team's market. So I feel <laughs> feel pretty cool about that. We <laughs> helped inform a rule. We broke it. That's right. But Oh, that's, that's too good. Chris, I appreciate you taking time to be on today. This was great. I love being able to talk to somebody here about soccer for a change. Thank you. That's Thank so you. good. Don't worry. In five years, everyone will be talking to you about soccer. That's, I'm looking forward to that. I'm, awesome. Yeah, I feel like I'm on an island whenever I leave town, <laughs> to be honest. Well, come to Atlanta and check out a match. I will. I definitely will. Thanks so much for being on. Thank you very much. Thanks for listening to AW360. For more podcasts like this one, be sure to check out Advertising Week's ever-growing roster of podcasts for the advertising, marketing, and technology industries, including our flagship podcast, Great Minds. You can find those at www.advertisingweek.com slash podcasts.